Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. Chuck Bryan's about to vomit. Uh, put the two of us together, you get a squishy, fat podcast called Stuff You Should Know. That's so gross. Yeah, well, it's true, though, too. And kind of hairy, too, Chuck. Hairy and squishy, it's a bad combination. We're like one of those tumors that kind of grows out of you when you ate your twin in the womb. You know the tumors where they find, like, hair and fingernails and teeth? Yeah. We're like one of those awesome. when you put us together. Yes, we are. Yeah. Good stuff, Josh. Thanks, Chuck. So, Chuck, speaking of all that, uh, did you know our first lady planted her own garden outside the White House recently? I did. I bet she had a little help, but yeah. She did from some local school kids, uh-huh. although I bet they just screwed around the whole time. Yes. School kids are useless when it comes to gardening. And they are. But yeah, Michelle Obama planted a garden, and apparently it's the first kitchen garden since uh, Eleanor Roosevelt was uh, in the White House. Pretty cool. Running the show while her polio-stricken husband couldn't even get out of bed. Right. Um, so, but yeah, so, and that, 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 you know, Barack keeps getting compared to FDR. Uh huh. Um, so this is appropriate enough. But the big thing, the big hubbub about all this is that she chose to go 100% organic, right? Yeah, good move. Yeah, in this day and age, that's just a smart thing to do, right? Well, and why not, is my point, if you're planting your own garden. I'll tell you why not. As far as the Mid-America Crop Life Association, which is basically a pesticide and fertilizer trade association. I bet they have a lot of nice things to say about they organic. Sent, they sent her a letter. Really? Basically saying they never said the word, and this is from a um, a Times UK article, but they never said the word fertilizer or um, organic, anything like that. They just basically wanted her to know that America owns owes its robust physique to all the technological advances in agriculture that have taken place over the years. Meaning fertilizer and pesticides. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, apparently a lot of people didn't really like the fact that the um, MACA took it upon themselves to send Michelle Obama a letter. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a petition online right now, um, and uh, at least 100,000 people have signed it, basically telling the MACA to lay off their uh, pesticide propaganda. And I just made air quotes for everybody who can't see. Interesting. Yeah. Well, hope it works. I, I guess it will. I don't know. But the the point is, is Michelle Obama's going organic. And a lot of people are, right? Yeah, it's it's sort of the thing. It is the thing. So much so that now there's there's a, a term, big organic. Have you heard this? Uh, yeah, Josh. Big organic is um, like Walmart is carrying... Uh, Organic food now, that's what you would call big organic. Yeah, if you're a mom-and-pop farmer, mm-hmm. you can't you can't sell to Walmart. You just right. can't do it. It takes you know, huge agricultural concerns that have tens of thousands of acres at their disposal, yeah. cranking out as much as they can per acre. Yeah. And it's kind of sad to see organics go that way because it's, that's pretty, it's a pretty big shift from its roots, if you'll forgive the pun. Very nice, Josh. I hate puns. <laughs> I do, too. Yeah, for anyone who likes puns, I would strongly advise you to go listen to Tech Stuff. Yeah, one of our sister Chris podcasts. Collette. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and Strickland isn't uh, isn't uh, completely innocent of his puns either. Really? Yeah. So I guess we should probably get back to talking about organics, right? Yeah. Great okay. idea. All right. So Chuck, is it better to buy local or organic? And actually, we probably shouldn't take uh, traditional factory farm. I guess we'll just call it traditionally grown um, food out of the equation quite yet, right? Right, non-organic 
<clears throat> big farm. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. But I mean, big or yeah, yes, big farm, right? Yeah. The ones that use like pesticides and fertilizers and stuff like that. I, I, I'm trying to see if we can get the MACA after us. I want a letter of my own. That'd be pretty cool. That would be super cool. Frame it for the cube. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, actually, Josh, when I read this, I thought it was interesting because I wanted to say, well, why not both, organic and local. Yeah. Which is the pretty obvious thing, but that's kind of not the point of the article. Well, let's talk about it first. What's wrong with uh, with you know traditionally grown stuff? Well, uh, I've got some stats for you. I love your stats. That can illustrate just what might be wrong with it. Okay. Uh, a conventionally grown apple, Josh, Joshers, yeah. <laughs> may be sprayed up to 16 times with over 30 different chemicals in its uh, lifetime. Sure. That apple that you're eating. Right before you put it in your mouth. Yeah, which I is why you wash you, the food, you know. Shining it. On your shirt? Yeah. I imagine that just kind of smears the pesticides and fertilizers around. And I imagine running it under a cold tap for a second doesn't do a whole lot either. Yeah, I found um, there's a book on Google Books. It's called Super Nutrition for Men. Uh huh. They actually recommended that if you um, buy commercially grown veggies, what we're talking about, traditionally grown stuff, mm-hmm. um, you want to soak it in a 3% hydrogen peroxide solution. Oh, you're kidding. Before you eat it. Yeah. And they said that if you really want to go to town, you can mix a half a teaspoon of bleach in a gallon of water wow. and soak your vegetables, and that'll get rid of the pesticides and bacteria and all that stuff that can come along with traditionally grown food. So that wouldn't. What happens to the bleach though? Does it wear off or something? They, you soak it for another ten minutes in just clean water. But I should also say, if you do make a bleach solution, um, you want to use purified or distilled water because. Normal hard tap water mm-hmm. uh, actually has uh, compounds that can that can uh, fuse to the bleach and create carcinogens. Not good. No, there's an alternative though, which we were just talking about, right? Right. And it's called what? Organic? Yes. Yes. I have one more stat for you though before we move on. Oh, sorry, Chuck. Just so people know what they're putting in their body, it's okay. important. Uh, the FDA they actually did this one, and they said that between 33 and 39 percent of our food contains detectable amount of pesticides and uh, 54% of the fruits and 34% of our vegetables out of that lot. Wow. So that's, you're eating pesticide and chemicals. Definitely. And these things can have, um, you know, harmful effects. They've been shown to have harmful effects, like headaches, fatigue. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some pesticides that have been shown to be neural disruptors, which is awful. Um, Yeah, nausea is not fun. You don't eat for nausea, you know? No. No. So, okay, so we're just going to go ahead and say if you eat traditional farm food, whatever, more power to you. Sure. It's a good idea to know what's in your food, right? You should know what you're putting in your and mouth. And you can also make a case for using pesticides and fertilizers and stuff like that. Um, no, you can't. Well, I think in, a, in a, their point is in a big um, farming situation, it's pretty much near impossible to sustain that without using pesticides. Well, plus also, it usually makes for much cheaper food. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot less labor intensive. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, if you're using like um, uh, natural pesticide methods, this is usually much more difficult. Right. It requires a lot more labor, yep. and thus the price is going to go up. Yeah. Which is why if you're poor in America, you're not eating organic food. No, it's definitely a bit pricier. Right. So. Okay, so let's talk organic, Chuck. Yes. The USDA uh, has a program, Josh, called the National Organic Program, fittingly. And they are the people that certify things organic. When you see certified organic, right. it has to run through them. Right. Your whole operation, uh, you know, the seeds cannot be genetically modified at all or treated with uh, synthetic pesticides or fertilizers. Right. 
it's all this is laid out. And if you follow these steps as a program, you can be certified organic. Right. And and actually, um, the standards are pretty good. They're, they're, they were almost questionable there in 2004. In April of 2004, the USDA issued three directives, right? Uh-huh. And one of them was uh, it allowed fertilizers and pesticides to be used that contain unknown ingredients. Yeah. And I just made air quotes again. Um, and uh, you could also feed livestock non-organic fish meal, which who knows what's in that. Sure. And you could also use antibiotics on them. Those are two directives. And then there's a third one. I should say those first two, they didn't stick. There was such a public outcry against them, the USDA repealed them the next month. Um, but the, there was a third one that stick that I think everybody should be aware of. Non-agricultural products, including seafood, um, skin lotion, mm-hmm. anything like that that's labeled organic, the USDA said, you know what, that's out of our jurisdiction. They can say they're organic if they want. We're never going to investigate it. And you know what? This hits home. You know what my wife does. Yeah, she makes her she makes a, a fine fine line of uh, health and beauty products. Yes, handmade, natural, all natural, handmade, and uh, she gets her uh, feathers all riled up all the time because she'll see these companies tout things like organic mm-hmm. when it's completely falls out of the jurisdiction and and beyond that, uh, just like a lot of like huge products, they'll they'll throw things on there like um, all natural and fresh. And there's really no way to, to back any of no. that up. Apparently, with light beer too, um, you only have to, it only has to be light in color. Oh, interesting. It has, it has nothing to do with calories or anything like really? that. Although you're led to believe it does. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, it, it. Definitely hits home, and I would definitely not be angry if anyone went to loveyourmama.com and bought some of her. I good was going I was gonna <laughs> ask, do you do you have a website to plug? Say yeah, it she one does. more time. Well, I probably shouldn't plug loveyourmama.com because that that would mean money in our family's pocket. I know. That would stink if we plugged loveyourmama.com, Chuck. <laughs> Let's not ever do that, huh? So moving on, uh, Josh, is organic better for you? That's the one thing they really haven't been able to prove. No. I actually found a real dearth of um, of you know information, like yeah, quantifiable information, hard stats, on things like that. Um, it's just an assumption. Like, okay, you don't have pesticides, you don't have fertilizers. Right. Logically, pesticides and fertilizers have been shown to, uh, you know, create health problems. They can, right? Right. Um, and since they're not there in these certified organic products, then hence these things should be healthier. Right. But the USDA makes no claims to this whatsoever. They're just saying these people followed these steps. Here's the steps that they followed to become USDA certified. Right. We've checked it out, and we said, yes, this product is USDA certified. You make you, you, you surmise yourself whether you want to eat it or pay the extra $3 for right. this dozen eggs. Right. I think the deal is with this um, – is they cannot prove any nutritional uh, value by right. going organic. What they can say is, if it's organic, what it lacks um, is probably better for you without all the chemicals. But since they can't prove that it's uh, richer in vitamin C or whatever, if it's grown organically, then they can't. They have to lay off in that category. Right. And what, one of the other reasons people choose organic, obviously, is because it, you get the impression it's uh, much more sustainable. Right. Right. Um, like uh, I think you have to rotate crops. Mm-hmm. You have to compost, compost on site, yeah. and these things are good and sustainable. But again, we were talking about big organic. Um, these the, these farms are you know following these processes, mm-hmm. but I don't know to, to what degree. Just enough to be USDA certified organic, right? right. But um, it's still having a huge impact on 
the environment right. through what's called food miles. Mm-hmm. So the average uh, food that we eat in the U.S., I think, travels 1,300 to 2,000 miles yeah. from where it's farmed to mm-hmm. where it's consumed, right? Right. Um, and a lot of it, actually, there's there's a huge outcry I found from researching this against um, air transportation. Oh, really? Yeah, because apparently that is the worst way to fly food. It's the worst carbon dioxide emitter. Yeah, uh, it's the it's the worst way to to get food from from source to you know destination. Right. Um, Makes so, sense. So yeah. So again, though, I looked it up. I'm like, what's the average? Um, what's the average amount of of CO2 that's emitted? You know, per pound of food or whatever. There's nothing on there. So all of this stuff surrounding this is all very logical and intuitive, but there's no hard facts, which I find frustrating. I have one cool quote. Let's hear it. This is from a guy at Columbia who's been uh, pioneering uh, local eating for 25 years. His name is Gusau. And uh, his... Wait, wait. Does he just have one name like Cher? Uh, actually, that's just his last name, oh, okay. Gusau. But sure, let's just say that. Okay. And Gusau is often quoted <laughs> saying that a strawberry shipped from California to New York requires 435 calories of fossil fuel, but provides the eater only five calories of nutrition. Huh. Nice. Well done, Gusau. That's what Gusau says. Nice. I don't know if it's uh, true or not. But, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the whole question. Do you buy local or do you buy organic? I know the the 100-mile diet and uh, locovore.com, there's a big local food movement going on to try and cut down on the the greenhouse emissions. Yeah. Do you know much about the 100-mile diet? Uh. School me. Okay. I know a little bit. So in 2005, this Canadian couple, Elisa Smith and J.B. McKinnon, um, they vowed to basically only eat local food. Nothing could have come from more than 100 miles away, right? Yeah, cool idea. It is a cool idea, and it makes sense, but I I got the impression from from reading about this that they had no idea how difficult this was going to be. Right. Like, they didn't realize that there were, like, seasons and then sub-seasons and exactly. apparently micro-seasons. Right. Um, so if you want cherries in the winter, you could go to the grocery store and get them, but you can if you're on this 100-mile diet. Mm-hmm. Um, they were saying something like uh, in this FAQ they were saying, you know, they went without wheat for a really long time right. until they finally met a local wheat farmer, and then they were able to, you know, make their own stuff. But that part that's part of it. It's very, it's, it can be much more expensive. Oh, yeah. Because you're buying all the ingredients mm-hmm. rather than a packaged product that was part of a run of several thousand. Right. So it's cheaper. Um, and also it's just much more difficult and, again, labor-intensive. Mm-hmm. But it is a lot more sustainable that you cut down on CO2 emissions. 100 miles isn't that far as far right. as food miles goes. Um, and also you you get to know kind of um, one, one of the reasons they say to eat local is um, it, the produce is much fresher. So within 24 hours it's, it's, it's been picked and you're eating it pretty much right off of the plant. Right. Um, and you get to know the people that you're you're buying from because you're going to a farmer's market sure. pretty much, right? Well, let's talk about farmer's market. Let's do it, Chuck. It's the best. Yeah, you're a big, big proponent of farmer's markets, aren't you? It's the best. Here in uh, Atlanta, as most people know, actually in Decatur, we have uh, the DeKalb Farmer's Market. And I bump into Jerry there sometimes. Is that right? She's a shopper there. Actually, a bunch of people from work I see there. I'm sure. But it's the best, man. It's huge. And uh, the cool thing about the farmer's market is... Not only can you choose from organic, but it, um, above every fruit and vegetable is a sign that says where it came from, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. So you know you're getting your avocados from California or Mexico, and usually each fruit and vegetable has a couple of choices, and uh, none of them are very local, though. 
Uh, that's surprising because most farmers markets have a pretty strict rule that it can only be from that state at least. Well, this is a little different kind of farmers market. I think most of those are the ones that are uh, like a local farmers market that you'll have on Saturdays only, and they'll set up in a parking lot, and mm-hmm. the local farmers come and bring their wares. This is a big, huge. Uh, operation that's been around for you know thirty sure. plus years. Yeah, well, there, so it's it's a little different. I know there's a I think a state subsidized farmers market down by the airport. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. And one. I think you could they, they you can only right. be a Georgia grower to participate there. Those are awesome. I went to one. I used to go to one in uh, L.A. when I lived there. Well, they had the Hollywood Farmers Market, which is awesome. Uh-huh. And then I went to the one closer to where I lived in Eagle Rock. That uh, same deal. I mean, literally, the farmers pull up their truck and set up their stuff in the crates. And, you know, you chat it up with them, these guys, you feel really good about supporting it. Yeah, apparently I was reading on the um, 100 Mile Diet uh, site that so there was a study that found that um, people at farmer's markets have 10 times more conversations than people at a supermarket. Oh, I, pff, I'm surprised it's not more than that. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, that actually struck me. I, I I go to supermarkets. I don't normally go to, to farmer's markets. Right. But I know, you know, when I'm there, I'm, I'm not there to chat. I'm there to go buy food. Right. You know, so yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I think I'm going to check the farmers market out. Yeah, they're definitely a little more like when I'm at the DeKalb farmers market. You'll be checking out a, a pepper, and the lady next to you will just say, "Aren't these peppers amazing?" Yes. You know, you never hear that at your local grocery store. Is there the heavy, heady scent of patchouli everywhere? Uh, yeah, and then you know the lady says that to me, and I say, "Mind your own business, lady. I don't need to hear about what you think about these peppers." <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. And I stomp off. That sounds like my kind of <laughs> farmers market. It's great. It's very yeah, hostile. A very aggressive, hostile farmers market. Nice. Uh, should we talk about uh, co-ops sure. and farm? Uh, Community-supported agriculture. Yeah, well, well, that's the big thing about eating local. One of the one of the things that proponents always say is you're you're feeding the local economy. You're creating local jobs. The money's going back into the local economy. You're helping local farmers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's that's pretty much the opposite of a globalized attitude. Right. Um, but still, it's okay. I mean, to each his own, of course. Chuck, we always say. So if you're into helping the local economy, eating local is a really good way to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. And one of the places where you can go and really help the local economy is a local food co-op. Yeah. Right? We have one here in Atlanta, Seven Onda. Uh-huh. And there's actually a, a brouhaha going on I heard about earlier this year. Apparently the general manager, uh, they changed the charter, and the general manager has a lot of power now, mm-hmm. and the board doesn't like some of the choices that he's making. Oh, so really? There's a big struggle. They don't want, you know... Tropicana non-organic orange juice right. for sale next to Heinz ketchup that's not organic either. Right. And they're like, what is this stuff doing here? This is a local community food co-op. It's so. been around. Seven on has been around for a long Since time. Since the early 70s, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very cool place. Um, but, yeah, so food co-ops. And I found this very uh, interesting. The top 100 food co-ops in the U.S. in 2003 made $110 billion. Isn't that nuts? That's that's one point one billion dollars a piece. Mm-hmm. That's insane to me. It is. I mean, I can't imagine Seven On making a billion dollars, but I think it's a pretty good food co-op, right? Yeah, it's a great one. Huh? Pretty interesting. It really is. Uh, there's another way to go here, Josh, which is called a community-supported agriculture uh, CSA program. Uh-huh. And that uh, my friend Debbie in New Jersey actually is involved in one of these. She writes for our site. And also, another plug, she runs a very awesome blog called freakgirl.com. And she is a member of one of these. And what you do is a group of people in a, in a community get together and they prepay a local farmer. Uh, they basically invest in the farm. 
And the cool thing is, well, some people might not think it's cool. It's a drawback. I think it's cool is you don't know what you're going to get. Oh, that's like cool. Every two weeks, you'll get a crate of, uh, you'll go pick up a crate of groceries and mm-hmm. you never know. Like if the lettuce is great, you might get lettuce, you might get kale, you might get carrots. Right. And so it just, I think it's cool. It encourages people to kind of learn how to cook with new ingredients and it's like farm to table and, uh, Debbie thinks it's really awesome. Yeah. And I trust her. Good to know. I've got a whole world of food to go explore. Oh, yeah, lots. Yeah. And should we talk about Whole Foods real quick? Knock yourself out, pal. I have another thing, too, to follow up with. This is chock full, man. Yeah, it really is. I wouldn't have thought it's this one full of would be goodness. such chock full. Uh, whole Foods, as everyone knows, is a big uh, grocery store chain that costs a lot of money. Whole paycheck is what Oof. some people call it. Yeah. It's a little pricey. Uh, they, a billion dollars a year, Josh, is what uh, how much produce they sold in... 2006, and 16.4% of that came from local sources, which is up about 2% from 2005. And I know they're making a big effort. I would imagine in 2009 it's even higher than that. So even these big uh, companies like Whole Foods are trying to trying to source out local food a little more. Well, yeah, people are getting a lot savvier these days. I mean, you know, the fact that the FDA's directives were reversed the next month because there's an right. outcry, there's a petition online saying leave Michelle Obama alone because she's farming organic. Right. People have gotten a lot a lot savvier and they realized, "Hey, I'm putting this stuff in my body literally. I should probably pay a little more attention to it." Right. I got a garden. Uh, do you? Yeah. In your little squatting land area? Um, no, actually, this is on our side of the property. Uh, yeah, John uh, Fuller and I from Stuff from the B-Side, he was talking to me about it this weekend. He he has a little garden, too, and we're going to try and, and I know a couple of other people here, do. We're going to get a little vegetable exchange going on. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. It's fun. The concept of growing your own food, I think, is John was just blown away by it. He's like, man, this is just the coolest thing. Really? So I could put the seeds in the ground and I can eat it later on and... Like yes, John, it's farming. <laughs> been doing, doing it for, it for a long time. Eight thousand years, yeah. ten thousand years. Yeah, it is cool though. It is. I, I love my own tomatoes for sure. That's about all I can grow. That and basil. Yeah, those are two good things. You're halfway to spaghetti sauce. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so check. There is something I think that uh, we should point out. Um, no matter how you eat, whether it's local or um, you eat traditional farm stuff or organic or whatever. Or McDonald's at every meal. Especially McDonald's, actually. That definitely factors into this. Um, There's this concept called ghost acres. Have you heard of this? Uh, You got me on this one. Dude, this one's awesome. So basically, when we think about, you know, the amount of acreage it takes to produce food, right? Mm -hmm. We say, okay, well, you know, one acre of food can produce, um, you know, 20,000 pounds of strawberries on a traditional farm, right? Okay. Ghost acres are all the other parts of land that's required for that strawberry to go through its life cycle, right? Right. So you take into the into account the acreage that the fertilizer factory is built on. Right. You take into account the acreage that the dump, the landfill that's going to accept the right. strawberry rinds is built on, or um, the acreage that's polluted by the runoff from this farm. Wow. These are ghost acres, and it ups the number of acres required. It, it's uh, the actual number of acres and the impact it has on the land to produce, you know, you know, 10,000, 20,000 pounds of right. strawberries or whatever. That's the real deal. It that's is the you... real deal, yeah. So, uh, yeah, ghost acres, definitely worth looking up, man. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I thought you were going to throw me some stat like, did you know that for every acre there's 10 ghost acres? Actually, I think that's about right. I think it's 10.1 per person. Oh, really? Yeah. Look at you. Thanks. Nice work. Thanks, buddy. 
Have we exhausted this? I think we have big time. I think we did about 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Grow your own stuff. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, try if and so shop you, locally. You can join Chuck and John Fuller's um, little food co-op. Yeah, a little farm exchange. Can I get in on that action? Uh, well, you have to grow something. Can I just buy some? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, good. I'll sell you some zucchini. I've got cucumbers growing in the back of my car, remember? All <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, if you want to know more about growing your own food, We've got all sorts of gardening stuff on the side, don't we, Chuck? We do. We also have tons of recipes. We well, do. We have a whole recipe channel. We do. So there you go. All you need to do is come to HowStuffWorks.com and say whatever you want to in that little search bar. You should probably type it rather than say it. I don't think we have the uh, listening Voice capability. Yeah. Right. So Josh, this, uh, as you know, we have a, uh, some fans over in uh, Iraq. Yes. At Camp Liberty. Yes. Some army dudes and ladies yeah. who we're very appreciative of. And uh, this came from specialist Norman. I can't say your last name, Norman, which stinks, but uh, he is a specialist. SPC Norman. Uh, he wrote, her, uh, wrote us a while ago. He's a soldier in the army, currently fettered down in an office job in the greater Baghdad area. And your podcast is not only a ray of sunshine in this sterile environment. It is a rampant light storm pilfered out of Tesla's personal forbidden R&D department. Oh, it's that guy. Yeah. I love this guy. That's because he's an awesome writer yeah. and he blows things up. Yeah. It's like what we want to be. He's hyperbolic. So uh, he says, we love you and flattery complete. And then he has a couple of requests, which hopefully we'll get to one day. Uh, he would like to hear something on Dr. Seuss. Okay. And the reason why is because he has a new daughter that he has not met yet. Oh, God, that's got to be rough. I know. Holy cow, that has to suck. And Josh, he has only met her through Skype, which is that video conferencing technology. Yeah. So that's very sad. And Dr. Seuss was awesome. And I would love to do a podcast on him. I would, too. Let's do it. Did you know he died the same day as Miles Davis? I did not. Bad day. I remember getting both of those pieces of news when I was in college. It really bummed me out. Huh. Two of my heroes. And then he wants to hear one on sexual reproduction and evolution. Uh, this is a theoretical marriage that I have never been able to tie the knot on. How in the vast realms of evolutionary possibilities do two separate organisms each decide to belch forth half of their genetic material and stir them together? What environmental factors stabilize such a uh, mutation? So I love that guy. Oh, dude, he's super smart and cool. And we sent them uh, Camp Liberty. We sent them 12 T-shirts, and we just got a photo of them wearing the House Stuff Works t-shirts with machine guns and it's tanks. Bitchin'. It is awesome. And yeah. I hope we can frame it super large and put it in the office uh, We have to. We should pop it up on the blogs. Yeah, it's a good idea. Okay, let's do it. With let's this, actually do it this time. Well, I'll get his permission and then I'll do it. Okay. But uh, Will you actually do that? Yes. Okay. So I want to thank Norman for your service and you guys are awesome and uh, thanks for listening and supporting us and come home soon and safe. Heads off to all of you. And if you're in Baghdad or uh, Burma... Or anywhere, you can uh, send us an email, whether you want some free T-shirts or not. Although, it would help your case if you're actually, you know, fighting our country. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, You can send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the Stuff You Should Know blog on the howstuffworks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?